Hello and welcome to 21st Precinct from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. 21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Who? What happened? It fell off a truck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how old a boy? Well, now, wait a minute. Exactly you are by transcription in the muster room of the 21st Precinct, the nerve center. A call is coming through. You will follow the action taken pursuant to that call from this minute until the final report is written in the 124 room at the 21st Precinct. All right, you just tell them I'm sending the officers right over there. Yeah, and the ambulance, too. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Twenty-first Precinct. It's just lines on a map of the city of New York. 173,000 people wedged into the nine-tenths of a square mile between Fifth Avenue and the East River. The security of their homes, their persons, and their property is the job of the men of the 21st Precinct. The 21st, 160 patrolmen, 11 sergeants and four lieutenants, of whom I'm the boss. My name is Keel, Thomas P. Keel. I'm captain in command of the 21st Precinct. I was doing day duty, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. It was a bright, warm Sunday morning, and after I turned out the platoon at 8, sector car number 4 came by the house for me, and I went on patrol of the precinct. We had driven uptown on Park to the boundary of the 21st, and started downtown on 5th, when a number of our car was broadcast with instructions to call the station house. Patrolman Fowler stopped the car at the nearest call box, and I rang in. The desk officer, Lieutenant Gorman, told me that patrolman Patrick E. Cahill had been injured while chasing boys out of the condemned tenement building on First Avenue. He had been taken to Bellevue Hospital in an ambulance. Because of the possibility of sick leave with pay or disability retirement in such cases, a commanding officer was obliged to make a detailed investigation to determine if the injury was in the line of duty. So I returned to the car and instructed patrolman Farrell to drive to Bellevue. There we parked the car and, in the emergency ward, I was told where to locate the resident who had treated Patrolman Cahill on admission. Doctor? Yes. Are you Dr. Husberg? Yes, I am. I'm Captain Keel of the 21st Precinct. Oh, yes. How do you do, Captain? How are you? Patrolman Cahill is one of my men. I understand you treated him when he came in. Oh, yes, I did. What does it look like, Doctor? I think he has a fractured left ankle. Oh. He couldn't carry his weight on it. It was swollen considerably by the time he got here. Mm-hmm. Even from an examination by palpation, it appeared to be fractured. I sent him back to make x-rays. We'll know for sure in a couple of minutes. Can I go back there? Oh, yes, sure, Captain. I don't see why not. This way. Thank you. He seems to be perfectly all right otherwise. A few contusions on the leg where he went through the floorboard. No indication of shock. I've given him a needle to calm him down and ease the pain. I see. I understand there's a police surgeon on the way. Yes, that's right. Well, we'll have the x-rays all made up by the time he gets here. Good. Head to the right there. Kids in a tenement, they ought to keep those abandoned buildings boarded up. They're supposed to. That second door down, Captain. Uh-huh. In, in here. Go ahead. Don't breathe. Okay, Commissioner, you can breathe now. Go right over, Captain. It's all right. Nurse, uh, this is Captain Keo. It's all right. You won't get in my way. Hello, Cahoon. Captain? So, how do you feel? Still hurts some. I'd be worried if it didn't. Yeah? Well, uh, I'll see you, Captain. Yeah, thanks a lot, Doctor. 
Yes, but all right. Don't mention it. Now, what happened to him? Well, sir, I was on post there, and a news dealer on the corner told me some kids were in this condemned tenement. Mm-hmm. And they were throwing things out of the second and third story windows and just missed a couple of pedestrians. All right, so... let's stop the chatter. Take a deep breath and hold it. Don't breathe. All right, you can breathe now. So I went inside, Captain. I guess they heard me coming. Two little kids, eight or nine. They were on the second floor, they ran up to the third, and I started up after them. There was a weak board in the landing there, and I went right through. Now we'll take a different pose. This is a good side. Any side. Well, over this way a little bit. I'll try. Easy. All right. You don't have to do it all at once. My brother. That's it, right there. Now we'll see how it looks for the first angle. This will be the last one. Well, there I was. My foot was through the floor. Pulled it out and I crawled to a window. The boards were out so I could lean out. Mm-hmm. I yelled down the street and this news dealer heard me. He rang in. The door wasn't battened, huh? Well, if it was, Captain, it sure wasn't battened very well. Those eight-year-olds got in. What happened to them? All right, take a deep breath. Hold on. Don't breathe. All right, you can breathe. Well, it beats me what happened to them, Captain. They must have went up to the roof and crossed over. I never saw them anymore. You want to buy any prints, just let me know. No, thanks. I don't think there's any you'll want to show to your grandchildren. Excuse me, Captain. Now, you think you can roll off the table back out of this pushmobile? Well, I rolled off of there, didn't I? I can try. All right, let's see how big and brave and strong you are. Come on. That's it. Come on. Oh, here. Grab hold of me, Cato. No, that's all right. There you are. Oh, boy, that thing hurts. Yes, I can imagine. Come in. Captain Keo in here. Everybody's in here. Hi, here, Sergeant. How you doing, Cahill? All right, I guess, Sergeant. What is it, Sergeant? There's an accident case out there you might be interested in, Captain. From the 21st? Yes, sir. A boy about 13 or 14 years old. Oh. I'll be back to see you, Cahill. Yes, sir. All right, Commissioner, let's go for a ride. You want to leave the door open? We can't go through the clothes, can we? To the left, Captain. Mm-hmm. Doesn't look like the kid's going to make it. What happened? Well, he hits the ride on the back of a newspaper truck. Truck slowed down for lights going downtown on Lexington Avenue. Kid jumped off. This is putting us all right under the wheels of a car that was right behind the truck. How bad is he? Pretty bad, Captain. He was unconscious when he got there. He's still unconscious. You know who he is? No, sir. There's nothing in his pocket that shows that. What about the driver of the truck? He doesn't know him, Captain. He didn't even know he was on the truck. Who, uh, down there through the swinging doors. Now, another piece. That's good. Okay. Is he still unconscious, Doctor? Yes, Sergeant, he is. I'd make him to be about 13, wouldn't you, Captain? Mm, yes, about. No name any place, Sergeant? No, sir, nothing. All right. You better wheel him on back to X-ray. Yes, what does it look like, Doctor? It doesn't look very good. He has no less than a brain concussion. It's possibly a fractured skull. I'd say probably a fractured skull. And uh, there appear to be internal injuries. Yeah, too bad. How are you going to keep these kids off the trucks? I don't know. Captain, you better find out who he is and get his parents down here. Get them down here in a hurry. With Sergeant Waters, I examined the clothing that was taken off the boy. The most significant item was a red and yellow club jacket with the lettering Red Tigers on the back. In his pockets, 
for a handkerchief, a comb, two single cigarettes, a half dozen kitchen matches, and 32 cents in change. He carried no identification of any kind. Detectives of the 21st Squad under Lieutenant Matt King, detectives of the Manhattan East Homicide Squad, and members of the Accident Investigating Squad, which is responsible for the technical side of investigations in motor vehicle accidents resulting in death or serious injury, were already on the job. Meanwhile, detectives of the 21st Squad were locating witnesses, obtaining statements, and, most important, trying to identify the boy in order to notify his family. I resumed patrol, and it was 12.20 p.m., more than three hours after the accident, that I returned to the station house. As I walked in the door, I saw Lieutenant Matt King, commanding officer of the 21st Detective Squad, standing and talking to Sergeant Waters, who was now on telephone switchboard. Hello, Captain. Matt. Sergeant? Busy Sunday, Skipper. Yeah. I'd like to talk to you, Captain. Uh, but just a minute, Matt. Uh, as soon as I find the water. Yes, sir. I don't know. Kids riding on the back of trucks. What can they expect? Yeah. Oh, excuse me. 21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Well, where were you? You're ringing five minutes late. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got to admit, that's a good one. But just ringing on time, will you? Okay. I don't know, Lieutenant. They seem to have better excuses these days. They're getting a bunch of smarter rooks. Yeah. How's the boy, Sergeant? Did you hear him? Still alive, Captain. I just checked a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Any identification, Matt? No, sir. We're working on that. I'll be in my office, Sergeant. Yes, sir. Come on, Matt. Yes, sir. I gave it to Dan Goldman, Captain. I've got him out trying to identify the boy. Good. I just spoke to him. He hasn't gotten any place yet. Go ahead, Matt. Yes. Sit down. Yes. The doctor told me the boy probably wouldn't live through the day. Ah, uh, no. I think it's important to get him identified and get his parents down there. We're trying our best, Captain. Yeah, I know. Of course, we don't even have any idea what neighborhood he's from. That newspaper truck was coming all the way down from the Bronx. The driver said he didn't even know the boy was on there, much less where he hopped on. Well, we ought to be able to identify him pretty quick through that club jacket. The Red Tigers, yeah. The precinct youth patrolman is off, but uh, you ought to be able to reach him at home. He keeps a file on those clubs. Yes, sir, I know. I had Goldman call his home. He isn't at home. Well, he might be in church. He should be home soon. I got a call into the youth squad and the juvenile aid bureau, too. They're checking their records. Mm-hmm. They might have a club called the Red Tigers listed someplace. Yeah, they might. How's the cop that was hurt, Captain? Jail? No, he'll be all right. Fractured ankle. He'll be out about six weeks. There'll be some way to keep those condemned buildings more secure. Yeah. I don't know what more I can do about it. I send a sergeant out every week to make an inspection of everyone in the precinct. I send a 49 downtown to the Department of Housing and Buildings in connection with everyone that can be entered. And I see the summonses are issued for the owners. You just can't get the kids out of them. They're attractive hazards. Well, they're going to tear them down eventually. Why don't they tear them down now? I don't know, Matt. There's always some good reason. Yes. Uh, when did J.A.B. and the youth squad say they call back? As soon as they look for their cards. Well, if you don't hear from them soon, you'll call, huh? Yes, sir. Excuse me, Matt. Yes, sir. 21st Precinct, Captain Keogh. Sergeant Waters on T.S., Captain. Yes? I just heard from Bellevue. The boy died at 1216. Oh. Yes, sir. All right. Well, you won't make it, Matt. The boy died. Within a few minutes after Lieutenant King went upstairs to his office in the 21st Detective Squad, he called me on the telephone to inform me that he had heard from the Juvenile Aid Bureau. 
They had no record of a boys' club called the Red Tigers. Ezra D. Winkler, the precinct youth patrolman, arrived at the station house at 1.35. With Detective Goldman, he checked through his files. There they located a record of the Red Tigers. It showed that the club was composed of some 10 boys, 13 to 15 years of age. They had met in a basement clubhouse on East 73rd Street in the 21st Precinct. The names and addresses of several of the members were on file. There was a big hitch, however. The Red Tigers had disbanded because of a squabble among members and had been inactive since 1951. The boy we were trying to identify appeared to be no more than 14 years old. All the former members of the Red Tigers were now between 18 and 20. It was decided, nevertheless, to check out each of the former members to see if he had any information about the dead boy. By 2 p.m., Detective Goldman and Patrolman Winkler had set about this task. And somewhat later, I was in my office busy reading and signing reports. Out in the muster room, Lieutenant Gorman was desk officer, and Sergeant Waters was still on telephone switchboard duty. 21st Precinct, Sergeant Waters. Yeah, where is this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the bus stop Stanson doing in the hallway there? Now, who was it? A drunk? All right, I'll send an officer right over there. No, just leave it where it is. Let the officer attend to it. Yes, ma'am. All right, you're welcome. Hey, listen, Sergeant. Yeah? Uh, is this where I'm supposed to come? I'm Walter Larb. What do you mean, is this where you're supposed to come? Well, the cop was around my house to see me. Yeah? Yeah, a fellow named Winkler. Ezra Winkler, I think. Is he from here? That's right. Patrolman Winkler. Yeah, yeah. Well, I wasn't home. He talked to my sister. Told my sister he wanted some information from me. What kind of information? Do you know? Uh, Sergeant, would you file these? Oh, yeah, sure, Captain. Are you one of the fellows who used to be a member of the Red Tigers, Waller? The Red Tigers? Well, yeah, yeah, that was my club. I used to be a Red Tiger. Well, what's that got to do with what he wants me about? I'm Captain Keogh. Oh, excuse me, Captain. Uh, this is Walter Lobb. How are you, Walter? Well, fine, except this cop was around to see me. He spoke to my sister. Said he wants some information from me. What kind of information, do you know? Is either Winkler or Goldman around, Sergeant? No, sir, they're both out. Who's up in the detective squad? Nobody now. Lieutenant King went out for a meal. He ought to be back any minute. Well, what's this all about, anyway? You got me worried, you know. What kind of information is it? Oh, there's Lieutenant King. Uh, Matt. Well, I got a right to know. Yes, Captain. Matt, this is Walter Lobb. How are you? Lieutenant King. Hello, Lieutenant. Walter used to be a member of the Red Tigers. Oh, is that so? Listen, tell me what's so important about the Red Tigers. I haven't even thought of the Red Tigers in four or five years. Winkler was around to see him, and he wasn't home. He left a message with his sister. You want to come upstairs with me, Walter? Oh, why? Just want to show you something. Listen, I don't know what this is all about, but I didn't do anything. We know you didn't, Captain. Okay. Uh, yeah, Matt, I'll come up. Can you recall all the members of the Red Tiger? Well, there were about ten of us. Yeah, ten kids. Upstairs. Mm. Where are they now, do you know? Well, a lot of the guys have moved away from the neighborhood. Some of them I haven't seen for years. It's a different world I live in now. Yeah. Well, what's the problem? Look, I want to help you out if I can, but I'd like to know what it's all about. In here. Go ahead. Oh, much obliged. Captain. I couldn't tell you much. Sit down there, Walter. Yeah, thanks. How did the Red Tigers come to break up? Oh, you know, it was just one of those things. First of all, we were getting a little too old for that kind of stuff. 15, 16, you know. 13 and 14 is all right, but 15 and 16, you're getting a little too old. 
couple of guys had a big fight over a girl in the neighborhood, and we split into two fractions, like. Big brawl was the night of the election. Boy, we really tore up that club room. They called the cops on us that night, you know. Yeah, people upstairs, they called the cops. We were in here, right in the station house. Boy, there was some fight. I carried around a mouse for three weeks. Besides, well, after there wasn't much reason for sociability among us, so we just gradually drifted apart. Well, like I said, we were getting too old for that stuff anyway. Did the club ever have jackets made? Yeah, yeah we had jackets. We had red and yellow ones with the red tigers across the back there, you know. Boy, did we have to skimp and scrape to get those things. They were $20 a piece. Hey, you know how we did it? We had raffles. It was Thanksgiving, I remember. We raffled off three turkeys. We made enough for all the jackets. Two hundred bucks. That was all right for kids, huh? Yeah, we were a pretty smart bunch. Where's your jacket, Walter? My jacket? Yeah. Well, let's see. I think it's home hanging in the closet still. It'll be too small for me now. You know, I was 15, maybe 14, something like that. I've got a jacket in my office, Walter. I'd just like you to take a look at it and see if it's a Red Tiger's jacket from your club. Oh, sure. I'll be glad to. I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah. Take your time. Hey, listen, what's this all about? Is somebody in a jam? Somebody who was in a club? No, no. It's nothing like that. Oh, well, that's good to hear. They were a nice bunch of guys. Even if we did fight, you know, nobody got in real trouble. Kid stuff, that's all. They all turned out pretty nice as far as I know. They all got jobs. A couple of guys even went to college there. Yeah, as a matter of fact, one's a cop. Howard Linden, do you know? Uh, no, I'm afraid I don't. Yeah, he lives in Regal Park now. Nice guy. He's a very nice guy. Walter, hmm? take a look at this. Oh, yeah. Is this a red tiger's jacket? Yeah. That's a red tiger's jacket. What'd you get? Hey, how did it get torn like that? That's a shame. Yeah. Well, who's is it? Which one of the guys? We don't know. That's what we're trying to find out. Oh, you want me to help you with that, huh? There was no name in it. Well, no. We, we didn't like to put names in it because the material was so light it would show through a little bit, you know? One guy tried it. Boy, was he sorry. There's no way you can tell who this is. Well, there were ten of us. It must have belonged to one of the ten. That's logical, isn't it? Meow. Let's see this. Yeah, I couldn't tell nothing by the size. We're mostly about the same size. You know, kids. Yeah. Hey, for crying out loud. What, huh? What? I think that's mine. Is it? Well, yeah, I think so. You see that ink spot there on the inside? Well, I was in school one day, and I had a fountain pen in my pocket, and the cap came off, and the ink leaked out a little bit. I remember the spot. Oh, I was sick. Just sick. I think that is mine. I don't remember any other guys having an ink spot there. Oh, man, I could have killed myself that day. I thought you said your jacket was home hanging in the closet. Well, that's what I thought it was. I'm sure it was there. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah? Well, I think if I'm not mistaken, two or three months ago, my mother said to me, she said, Walter, there's a boy upstairs who could wear some of your old clothes. You had a lot of stuff hanging around in the closet there. I said, all right, give it away, but don't give any of my new suits away, my new shirts and stuff. She said, all right, so I guess maybe she gave it away. So the boy upstairs? Yeah. What's the boy's name? Carl. Carl Passwick. Yeah, yeah, he lives upstairs on the fourth floor there. Carl Passwick. How old is he? Oh, I don't know, about 13, something like that. 14, maybe. Hey, kids. Do you know him when you see him? <laughs> sure, I know him when I see him. He lives right upstairs from me. He lived there for a couple of years. Why? Walter, a boy fell off the back of a newspaper truck this morning. This kid, this Carl? We don't know for sure, maybe. Oh, how is he, Ben? He died. Died in Bellevue about 12.15. Oh. He was wearing this jacket? Yeah. 
She's got nothing. Now she'll have less. Yeah, who is it? Pasek? Yeah? I'm a police officer, Mr. Pasek. Yeah, what is it? Hello, Mr. Pasek. Oh, hello, Mrs. Lobb. Can we come in? Yeah, sure. Thanks. What's the matter? What's the trouble? I'm Sergeant Waters of the 21st Precinct. Yeah? Is your wife home? Yeah, she's in there. She's getting dressed. What's the matter? Why do you want to see her? I can talk to you. Yeah? About your boy, Carl. Carl? What about him? Is he in trouble? I'm afraid I got some bad news for you, Mr. Pasling. What? Boy hits the ride on the back of a truck this morning. Yeah, so? Fell off the back and he was hit by a car. Where is he? Down at Bellevue. Is he all right? Well, is he? No, sir. Well, is he hurt very bad? He died a little after 12. Uh, Martha? I'm sorry, Mr. Pasek. Martha? Maybe I should get him. Martha! I was getting dressed. What is it? Uh, oh, all right. Excuse me. Excuse yeah. I'll tell her. Yeah. Martha. Where is it? The poor woman. The poor man. He's got to tell her. Twenty-first precinct, Sergeant Waters. She's jumped or she's gonna jump. Yeah. What floor? Well, where is it? Where? We'll get somebody to pull her inside. Oh, yeah? And so it goes. Around the clock. Inside? Through the week, every day, every year. The police precinct in the city of New York is a flesh and blood merry-go-round. Anyone can catch the brass ring. Or the brass ring can catch anyone. 21st Precinct, transcribed. A factual account of the way police work in the world's greatest city is presented with the official cooperation of the Patrolman's Benevolent Association an organization of more than 20,000 members of the police department city of New York. Les Damon in the role of Captain Keogh, Ken Lynch as Lieutenant King, Harold Stone as Sergeant Waters. Featured in tonight's cast were Larry Haynes, John Aston, Elsbeth Eric, Jack Grimes, Ethel Everett, and Bob Ruddick. 21st Precinct is written, produced, and directed by Stanley Miss. Olin Tice speaking.